Ladies and gentlemen, it's time! On the mic in top left, the ageless man old enough to have witnessed the miracle on ice, the MOB CBA's biggest fan and weirdly enjoys letting everyone know that his name is spelt with a C, Justin Chevalella! In the top right, the magic ball head of wisdom, Mitch Trubisky expert, and even though he's a director of the station, does his best work in his car on the way home, Branchy! In the bottom right, the Seattle Kraken's voice of the station behind Jacob Cherish spends most of his time screaming at whatever the host says, and has been successfully migrated to the talk show of the year, the Kevin Durant of phone booth, Josh Partizan. And lastly, the man, or really the thing, behind it all. The man who said he wanted new guests on each episode, and now does it with the same three, the worst takes in the college, and research expert on Jerry Rice, Joe Callahan. It's phone booth season three, and we're going for a dynasty. Kick it! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to phone booth with all the guys except for Justin Chevalella as he's coming back from Virginia Tech, but we do have a special guest who did not make it on any show last semester, has already graduated, has worked for the MOB Network, and is currently looking to get a job and actually has a job with ESPN Production. Eric Fenstermaker, how's it going, buddy? I was going to say, you going to turn my mic on? There we go. It's been great. I mean, the opportunity to come on a Joe Callahan-led talk show is something you can't pass up. I mean, Stephen A. works at ESPN, but... He's no Joe Callahan. I, I mean, mean, come on. There's no need to be he sarcastic. came just in I time mean, for the talk show spotlight as well. Yeah, he's going to have a – I'm going to need your contacts later. I so, got you anytime. We will mention that this is the first ever Com Radio talk show spotlight. Had to lead it off with something nice, right? Had to lead it off with the talk show of the, the year. De- the defending talk show of the year. Listen, we're going for a dynasty. <laughs> the, <laughs> the intro already on. said it. So first off, we, apparently have Kevin we, uh, we hope Chevy – has a safe trip back. He said that he was going to try to get here in time. I don't know if he made the Traffic effort going to. from Virginia to here is yeah. absolutely brutal. Um, if you guys listened earlier today on his uh, show about, I think it's just the Yankees, right? Just the Yankees, the yeah. Bomber Boys. He called in and it apparently was um. It was not interesting. It, it, was, it was far from where. <laughs> so uh, first off, we're just going to get right into speed dial because we had to start a little bit later for the spotlight. Um, Two news points in speed dial today. We will have, uh, I think I will have time next week to get those uh, uh, sound clips in. Um, I've been trying to, but just never got around to it. But the two news points of the week is, uh, I'm going to actually start with the second one because we did talk about it, and I think the other one has more to say about it. Sarver for the Phoenix Suns is looking to sell the team now. Um, whether or not he was forced to under the table, nothing came out from, from the league and saying, hey, like, you know, we're going to have to make you spin the team um, or sell the team. But he's, he's looking to sell. Again, I don't know if that's going to be a distraction for the Suns, obviously a, a championship compa- uh, com- contending team. Um, but what are, what are our thoughts? Well, I mean, he said he didn't want to be a distraction. I think that's the whole reason that he wants to sell. I think it's probably, you know, given his entire, the entire situation that's amassed the last, I'd say about week, two weeks or so, I think it's probably for the best. I think you got to get that sore spot away from your franchise. I mean, like you said, Joe's the team that's looking to win championships. They don't really want that off-court drama, that off-court controversy. And I mean, realistically, someone that was gotten into trouble that he did should not really have the privilege of owning a professional basketball mm-hmm. team. I think that's pretty safe to say. So I think it's the right step for 
the team. I granted, I'm assuming Sarver is going to come out and say that it is his decision, but I think probably the Suns organization as a whole decided that they should probably let start moving towards him selling the team. Yeah, I mean, as you mentioned, you know, it's not like he was forced out the door, but he was forced out the door. Yeah. You know, it's in that kind of situation, you can't have somebody like that who had, you know, had all these claims against him. You can't have someone like that as the owner of your franchise. And so, of course, it comes down to him because he owns the franchise. He's the one with all the big bucks. But, you know, there were definitely a lot of people saying, hey, you should probably make your way out. I mean, at the end of the day, he is going to make some money off of it. I mean, it's an NBA franchise, and he's also mm-hmm. got a WNBA franchise. So, um, you know, for both parties, I think it's a win-win. He'll uh, probably fade out of the spotlight. And, you know, this is a bad spotlight. It's not a spotlight that you want to be in. But, um, you know, as soon as he's out of the picture with the NBA and the WNBA, not only will the Suns be able to refocus, but, you know, he can move on to his next stage of life. It's just another example of what we've seen the last couple of months in sports where it seems like a lot of other information has come out. The Celtics now have their own stuff, and it just seems like a lot of franchises are finally starting to crack down and get things under control, and the Suns have so much to offer with their talent, so hopefully it doesn't distract them because they've got a bunch of really talented players on that roster who could do some damage in a loaded conference, but it just you're seeing this so much now in sports where it seems like every team has some kind of scandal or problem or situation, so... Hoping it's rectified, hoping the right thing is done in the end. But like Grant said, he's still going to make a decent amount of money on yeah. this. So, I mean, it's 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 just really sad to see a lot of the stuff come out. So I'm hoping the right situation comes out of it. Yeah, and speaking of another situation where it's a, t- it's a tough break for another NBA Finals contending team, Imi Udoka, the head coach of – well, newly head coach of the Boston Celtics who – was a, a a big part in the reason why they were a finals runner-up team last year has been suspended, and it's come out and said that he was, you know, dating in in a Celtics employee, and that's obviously against team rules. Do we do we agree with the suspension? I mean, personally, you know, that's what you had to do because it seemed like there was more to it than what immediately was even brought out. And there's probably still more to it that we haven't even learned yet. Um, But, you know, as far as this whole suspension went, they were talking about, you know, Yudoka potentially even resigning after all this. I know that was one of the rumors that came um, to the surface. But, you know, on the Celtics' behalf, it sucks because the players loved him. You know, obviously, first season with the franchise and they made it all the way to the NBA finals you know weren't able to go and take the uh, take the trophy but you know first season that he comes in completely just set in a culture that was different for the Celtics franchise the defense was spectacular instilled a hard-nosed mentality of basketball but you know players loved him and unfortunately there was some stuff going on behind the scenes that just isn't acceptable in a professional franchise and as a coach of one of the most legendary franchises in the NBA, you need to set a better standard than that, and you need to live up to the expectations that are placed upon you. Yeah, I think it's also a good hit because we were talking about that entire season, about him being a rookie coach and then bringing that team who had that horrible start to the season back to a finals appearance. And realistically, I mean, I know it didn't really go too well for them in the finals itself, but they they had a great shot to take it all. They swept the the Nets, who were the favorite in Vegas, and took the road back to the playoffs, the the entire road through the East, and it's just unfortunate that they had to, but, you know, with an organization like that, they're going to make that call. And the thing is, Matt Barnes is now saying that there's even more, like, coming out. It's even too messy for that, too. So just the quickness and the pace that they moved at with making the suspension, it seemed like five minutes after the news was out that he was being suspended. Yeah. So I think there's got to be like a heck of a lot more. I'm not going to speculate, but there's got to be something more mm-hmm. if they move that fast and if other people are saying like it's too messy for me to touch. Mm-hmm. There's no way you make this kind of judgment that quickly if you don't have something brewing, especially with a team enough. like the Celtics. Mm-hmm. Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, all these guys leads them to a finals. The guy did a great job coaching. So if they're pulling the plug that quickly for a season, there's got to be something brewing. Yeah. I, I think, Josh, you want to add anything? I mean, you guys kind of hit it you know, right on the head. I mean, not to quote the great Alex Rocco here at Com Radio, but there's, I mean, there's nothing more to say, really. I mean, clearly, if they're going to pull the plug that fast, like you said, Eric, there's got to be more underneath here. And I, you know, maybe the details will eventually come out in the coming days, but 
you know, they it may just completely stay under wraps. We might not know the whole situation. I just, you know, you want this to kind of move, you know, go over smoothly. Obviously, it's not. There's been a, several people that have been trying to reach out to multiple female workers within the Celtics organization trying to figure out, you know, oh, is it you? Is it you? And it's really, you know, inappropriate and not something that you want to see. But, you know, internet trolls are going to be internet trolls. And you just kind of, you're trying to move forward in the situation. I just pray for, you know, Odoku's wife and the family that he has that they're, you know, going to be able to get through this, hopefully. Yeah. I mean, again, it's another situation where the more information that comes out, the more we'll talk about it and have, you know, just to talk about it. Um, that's going to do it for Speed Dial. Right now, we're going to get into the daily voicemails segment of the show, and we're going to start back with last night. The uh, the Steelers took on the Cleveland Browns, a, a Cleveland Browns team without, you know, their their quarterback, and we they're, won't. They're fearless. You know leader. why? And the Steelers without their best pass rusher or pretty much player, and uh, the ending. That was something, wasn't it? That was something. That was something. Poor, uh, little, poor Grant. Little unnecessary, um, especially because I was facing the uh, the Browns defense in multiple fantasy leagues. But overall, that game it was honestly a lot more exciting than I thought it would be. From a George Pickens, Odell reminiscent catch, to a handful of defensive plays, to Nick Chubb just continuing his dominance, which I also did not expect because historically he struggled against the Steelers, but. Came out, Jacoby Brissett, I thought, played a very admirable game so far. He's played a very good role uh, in the absence of Deshaun Watson, and the Browns off to an unexpected 2-1 and one start. But I got to give a lot of props to the, uh, to the Browns coaching staff because not only have they gone through a whole ton of just garbage from, you know, between trading for Watson and then having to deal with that whole situation and then getting a lot of flack for trading for him in the first place, and then, okay, now you've got Jacoby Brissett as your starting quarterback. Do you go out and get Jimmy Garoppolo? They've pretty much stayed silent and true to their identity throughout this entire first three games of the season. And, you know, they, they've made the moves that were necessary to the team. They went out, got Amari Cooper for a very, very low budget, and what has he done? Back-to-back 100-yard receiving games. They've kept that ground-and-pound identity, and they've just practically said, you know, Jacoby, we're not asking you to do a lot here, but just go and do enough. And that's exactly what's happened. And the Browns all of a sudden are trending upwards in this uh, this AFC North that we thought, you know, Bengals could come back. And with that stocked offensive line, you think that they may potentially be a favorite to go back to the Super Bowl. Ravens are finally healthy. Even the Steelers. I mean, every single year, Mike Tomlin finds a way to get a winning record. But who is it right now at the very top of the NFC, or excuse me, AFC North, the Cleveland Browns? And that all goes to the coaching staff. Yeah, definitely uh, not what I would expect from a Browns team that realistically they, you know, they were always a team that everyone, you know, kind of felt a little bit bad for because they were doing so bad. And now no one feels bad for them because of the whole Deshaun Watson thing. Um you do have to give props to Cleveland. You also give props to the fact that Mitch Trubisky and Matt Canada still don't know how offensive football or how you know you're supposed to run an offense. It's it's really it's really bad to see. Matt Canada should still not have a job. His conservative play style is has just consistently shot the Steelers in the foot for the last couple of years. It seems yes, they've you know made the playoffs in that time, but nothing really past that. I mean, granted, Roethlisberger was at the end of his career, but now you've got. Trubisky, who showed promise in one season with the Bears, and then you've got you know the up and coming Kenny Pickett, who you just drafted with the first round pick. So I know a lot of people, specifically people at Con- specifically here at Con Radio, John Drager specifically, oh our fellow are, Steelers, fans. our fellow Steelers fans are demanding for Kenny Pickett. I can see why, but me personally, I would like to see Kenny Pickett. Obviously, I'm not super high on the guy. I was more of a Malik Willis believer I think Kenny Pickett sure he's the most NFL ready quarterback but has probably the lowest ceiling out of the top quarterbacks that came out of this past draft class um but until Matt Canada doesn't have a job I don't trust any quarterback under center for the Pittsburgh I mean, Steelers Trubisky hasn't even been that bad he he's, really he really he's hasn't been moments. terrible he's had some overthrows he's had some poor reads and you can tell that the Steelers receivers are very frustrated because specifically George Pickens yeah. <laughs> well who that, by I the way Claypool 
Let's put it Claypool. Claypool hasn't done really anything this season. Well, that's a, that's been, that's, been, that's been the story of Steelers receivers in the past, though, right? I mean, besides True. Antonio Brown, you know, they draft these guys like Juju Smith-Schuster and Chase Claypool, and they always find a way to turn these receivers into studs for about a year or two, and then all of a sudden there's a character problem that comes out with Antonio mm. Brown. It was everything. With Juju Smith-Schuster, it was his little TikTok dance. And with Chase Claypool, it's the fact that he doesn't know, you know, how much time is left in the clock when he gets mm. a first down, and then they just kind of and they just kind of disappear uh, from the scene. And realistically, it's still on Matt Canada. I mean, my my whole thing is I know a lot of people want to see Kenny Pickett. Unless they get rid of Matt Canada, Kenny Pickett's going to be just as bad as Mitch Trubisky, most likely. Yes, Trubisky's missed some reads, but the play calling is a huge reason why the Steelers are so bad, along with that terrible offensive line. I think the Steelers are are a case of we have so much talent. And we can't figure out who. It's not necessarily they can't figure out what to do with them. It's figuring out who to focus on. Because right now it seems like they're trying to spread it out to everybody, which can work. But I, I feel like in an offense with that, you need to lean on your QB way more than they're doing. I mean, they're they're giving Najee Harris 18 rushes and he only getting 50 yards. So I, I mean, we see, we we know what Najee Harris is capable of doing. But it's, it's also not just on Najee Harris. It's no, I, mean, I know. The, the, main, the main thing is that the Steelers once again are ignoring their offensive line yeah. problems, and it's become a massive issue this early in the season. And they've done nothing to fix it. Not only is the play calling bad when the offensive line breaks down after half a second, no quarterbacks will be able to do anything with that. So it goes back to the whole point of it doesn't matter who's under center right now. The Steelers' offense is just bad. Yeah. It's just and now the unbearable to watch. It is really, really. It hurts to watch. You know what's even worse than all of that? Look at their schedule coming up. <laughs> Saints, Dolphins, Bucks, Eagles. I believe the Bills in there. Does not. Yeah, they play the easier. Jets first. Is this the year that that um, Tomlin doesn't Tomlin get a, finally a does not hit five hundred? I mean, every year we say that. I feel like you know the they'll have some crazy schedule coming up, and the Steelers always find ways to eke out games that they should not win. Yeah, but and they have that massive stretch, and then they end it with yeah, without the TJ, Bengals again, yeah, the without Ravens TJ twice. Watt too, and that's because TJ, with TJ Watt out, he's the heart and soul of that defense. And the defense... See, Watt is supposed to return this year, though, right? He is. Uh, after week, six weeks, week eight, right? week eight is yep. the projected. But, you know, will he be the Until same? Until then, yeah. And that's the, it's the whole thing. And the defense has been okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, you the can't let was... David Njoku go for nine eighty nine and a touchdown. He had thirty nine yards in the first two weeks combined. That was pretty ridiculous. I can't lie. The team is just it's just it's it's not on Tomlin. It's yeah. The team is just they don't really have an identity. To be fair, Njoku was a monster in Miami. He just hasn't done he anything was, in the league yet. He, he, he has, has he has a couple breakout games. He had a really he has good the game against traits. the. I'm waiting for him to put it all together. He had a really good game against the Chargers last <laughs> He's year. He's gonna be that guy who's like, that I didn't it. start David Njoku this week. No, I cut him yeah. this week. Yeah, that's yeah, that's, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. Jesus. Uh, well, I mean, obviously. The Steelers are, are going to find a way to be .500. Happens every year. If they, if they do that, it'll be a miracle. We'll, we'll try to figure it out. Another thing that came in, because I didn't actually, I, I don't know what this is. Grant put on uh, on uh, our, our docket today that Matt Rule responded to Orlovsky mm-hmm. about his, his you know, coaching habit. What was that? I didn't, I didn't hear so about it. So it was that um, the Panthers, they kind of tip off whether they're running the ball or passing the ball based off of... Um, pre-snap alignments, motion, stuff like that, or certain movements. And uh, Rule went out and said, no, we, we don't do that. Um, but if you go back and look at film, there are actually it, – it's pretty easy. It's kind of uh, – it, it's hard to point out, but you can tell the way that Baker stands, the way the offenses align, like yardage separation mm-hmm. between the running back and quarterback. It's body language. It's, it, exactly. It, it's very easy to tip off what the Panthers are doing. And this is all really just part of Matt Rule – collapsing as the Panthers head coach. I said before the season that he was most likely to be the first head coach gone. I wouldn't be surprised if he was fired in another five to six weeks. He should have been fired after week one. The way the, the, the fact that he refuses to use Christian McCaffrey. I your was best just player. about to say McCaffrey should be getting I, I know that he's injury prone and they're trying to keep him at healthy least 20 for the long run. Game. This guy yeah. needs to be getting twenty to twenty five touches a game bar none. That has to be it. The, he's your offense. He's been your offense. If he gets hurt, then I mean, 
Oh well, it wasn't meant to be. Receiver. DJ Moore is I still DJ Moore, heavily undervalued. Robbie Anderson, Robbie Anderson Terrace Anderson Marshall. Is really solid. Yes, Terrace Robbie Marshall's Anderson under- was the number one receiver in New York for a while. And still, yeah. this offense has just been running in circles for the past two years. Matt Rule needs to go. Uh, even if what Orlovsky pointed out, you know, if it just happens to be a coincidence, it doesn't matter. It shouldn't even be getting to that point in the first place. His lack of creativity for an offense that could be top 10 in the league, I'd say, just based off of personnel and what they have. There's no reason that that Panthers offense should not be out of the gates Mm -hmm. explosive right now. But they're underutilizing McCaffrey. DJ Moore has been silent pretty much, and that's a shame because I think— So is Robbie Anderson. Besides that one big play had in week one— This is a team that should should probably be be 2-0. Yeah, there's no excuses. No excuses. And the fact that Matt Rule is doubling down on his— play calling and his tactics is just sad to see. I mean, Dave Tepper really needs to let him go. I mean, I know that he's trying to, you know... Give him a chance. Give him a chance. But also, I mean, Matt Rule shouldn't have gotten the job in the mm-hmm. first place. No. If, you go, if you go yeah. back to the stats, I think he was... Owen, I think he was... I think at Baylor... He well, was, he was he was a highly touted coaching project. Okay, but when you go year. back and you look at the stats at yeah. Baylor, he, he was shouldn't have he was 0-9 against top 25 mm-hmm. teams as a head coach. If you can't beat a top 25 team in college, you're not going to beat an NFL team yeah. on a regular basis. You're just not. And this is a team that, look, I think Baker Mayfield is a fine starting quarterback. I still think that he was treated terribly in Cleveland, the fact that they made him play with that torn labrum, and he mm-hmm. realistically had to change his entire throwing motion and everything. And he still did the best that he could. I think he could be a really solid quarterback. In Carolina, yes, he kind of had a rough first half against Cleveland. But other than that, it's mm-hmm. really been the fact that the offense, just they don't have an identity, and Matt Rule doesn't know what he's doing. And he's clearly lost that locker room. They need to. They need to make a switch now. I mean, it's this. Like you said, Grant, it's a team that could very easily be two and zero and should have a top ten offense in the league with all that firepower. So, real quick before we move on, I just wanted to say this is exactly what Orlovsky pointed out. I didn't have the exact quote, but he said that Christian McCaffrey lines up behind and to the side of Baker Mayfield when a run or a run pass option play is coming. And he lines up directly next to and horizontal to Baker Mayfield when the play's a pass because that gives him a leg up in pass protection. Or, uh, you know, obviously if he's coming in and he's going to slip off the swing pass, check and release. But on the run play, it gives him a better angle of attack to the offensive line and, um, you know, hit a gap a little faster. But mm. that's, he called it coaching malpractice. That's exactly what it is. You cannot have. There's certain tip-offs like that where, you know, obviously it gives you a little bit of a competitive advantage when your running back is coming in at a better angle to go and hit a hole. But at the same time, what does it matter if the defense knows exactly what you're going to do? It's an eighth-grade yep. offense. It is. That's all it is. It's peewee football stuff. Yeah, it is. Coaches that shouldn't have jobs. And and speaking of, of, of teams that might have had Matt Rule when the Panthers were trying to get him, is is the New York Giants now? Now that they they, they see that they found their coach, it, it kind of looks like they they have a guy because they're pr- pretty much the the worst outlooked team in the preseason. That's still two and zero. Uh, and this th- this topic is the last in in the daily voicemails. I think that I might bleed this into making calls actually because Kenny Galladay. The number one quote unquote receiver oh, for the New York Giants was well, you say quote unquote number one. He's still technically a receiver, number but one yeah, depth chart, yeah, number, number five one quote in unquote. Um, came out and talked to the media a week after uh, Kadarius Tony had the same thing. Now I understand he's a rookie, and Galladay was paid a lot of money to do what he does. Uh, Kadarius Tony basically said, "Hey, it was a win. I don't care how much snaps I get. If we're winning, who cares." Asked the same question to Kenny Galladay, and Kenny Galladay said, and I quote, they're paying me to play. I'm being paid to play. I am not happy with it. Excuse me. I, 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 I don't want to jump on anybody, but excuse me. Can you please sit me down, or the coaching staff down especially, and show me examples on film that shows you that you deserve to play a minute in this league anymore? Please tell me. A minute. What has he done? An entire season. It's not like he got hurt. He he wasn't sidelined. Played the entire season. Zero touchdowns. Our uh, uh, the we uh, what we're sitting right here is our show has sit here for an entire year 
now. And we have the same amount of touchdowns as Kenny Galladay as a group. And yes, and we have the same <laughs> amount of touchdowns as Kenny Galladay. We gotta get our numbers. The up. left tackle, who was drafted two years, I, I believe two or three years after Kenny Galladay was drafted, has more touchdowns for the New York Giants in one season yep. than Kenny Galladay has since he left. One Detroit. career target. One career target. <laughs> and uh, pay him the and big Myrick, the, the new tight, tight end. end. The new tight end. He's played two games with the Giants. He has more touchdowns than Kenny Galladay. You can go on and on and on. Uh, Kenny Galladay, first off, if you're not going to show effort and intensity in training camp, especially with younger guys surrounding you all around that could take your spot in an instant, if you're not going to match that same intensity that the younger guys are and you still haven't proven yourself on a field, you have no role with the team. And that's why I think that, um, excuse me, Brian Dable, uh, his whole response to this and how he's managed the Giants so far this season, perfect. And mm-hmm. as a Commanders fan, it scares me because I know that this Giants team in a couple of years is going to be good because this is a guy that knows how to coach an organization to be hard-nosed and to build them from the ground up because they were at the ground. They had nothing. Well, okay, I won't say they had nothing. They had some. Mm, they had I'm, I'm pretty saying, much nothing. They, they, had, they had some young pieces. They had some talent on both sides of the ball. But for the most part, this is a team with a lot of holes that is kind of in a rebuild year. At least that's what we thought going into the season. And now Brian Dable has come along, and the Giants are, against all odds, 2-0. and But this is mainly because he's taught them that this team, they're nothing. He's probably taught them, you know, like, hey, you guys, like, what are we right now? We need to go and work our ways up. Kenny Galladay, you're a guy that's being paid $15 million a year. But guess how many receiving yards you have? Not a lot with the Giants. Twenty-two this year. Twenty-two season. this year. Yep. Twenty-two. Saquon, you're the highest drafted running back, you know, in the past decade. What have you done since your rookie year? He's, he's in, looked really. Yeah, to be no, fair, he's looked what, really. That's what I'm solid saying. He has. He's instilled this mindset that these guys need to go prove themselves every day that they're on the job until they make it, and that's exactly what's happened. Saquon Barkley has come out. He's had his best start since his rookie season, and he looks like a top-five running back. Mm-hmm. Kenny Galladay, on the other hand, has come out, and he hasn't done anything. And therefore, that's why— He's complaining why, about it, too. And that's why Dayball said he loves the competitive spirit because he knows that you know Galladay says he wants more from himself, but what is he going to do on the field? He wants to push his players because that's how he wants to coach the team. He's coaching them from the ground up, and you've got to prove your worth on this team because— He's not going to go and sugarcoat anything. This has been tied with the Giants for the worst team in the NFL over the past decade, wins-wise. They have, I think it's the past decade. It's either eight th- years or a decade. They've got I think it was eight. Tied, tied for the least amount of wins in whatever period of time it is with the Jets. So what are you going to do? you got to tell your guys that they got to earn every single snap, every single practice rep, everything, no matter where you came from, what pick you were, what college you went to. It's a whole new start, and that's why I think Brian Dable and this Giants team, they got a bright future. Now, I don't know what the rest of the season has in store for them. 2-0, and good start, but so far he's off to a great start. You want me to make a call, and you guys can run with it? Yeah. Kenny Galladay is being cut week 7. Cut week 7. Cut week You think seven. he lasts that long? By week 7. Cut, though? I, okay, cut, cut. cut is Straight saying up something cut. because you could be benched and not playing and yeah. still be on a I roster. I think benched. That's so much dead money if they were to cut him because they're paying yeah, him so exactly. much. That's a lot of dead cap space that they would be. And it's not like you well, can't really, you can't, you can't really thing, trade they're him, they're opening though, up. They're already talking with free agent wide receivers. Number, I, I, I get what you're saying, benched. And benched, to me, when getting paid that much money is as good as cut, nobody's going to want to trade for him. Well, so I think that he's going to be benched, but he's as good as cut. I wouldn't be surprised well, but then, if they cut him but outright. But you got to say that instead they, of saying cut. They owe well, yeah. him more money up front then because yeah. he's— here's, here's the thing. Makes more financial They're, they're sense. already in talks with, with you know, every free agent receiver from Odell Beckham down to the bottom right now. There's no way— oh, I understand. No way I'm not saying Odell anywhere. signing with the New York I know, Giants. But, but Joe, uh, on, anywhere other than the we're Rams, just, I we're think ta- he's going to the Bills. We're just talking about from a— Financial standpoint, dollars, yeah. dollars, money is what talks, and there's no reason to cut Galladay and uh, then be, have that much cash. You, you're already in. Cap he's a, he's essentially benched already. He's not doing True. anything. This is a guy who also for two seasons was over a thousand yards with the Lions, and this is also coming from right. a guy he's just, who he, said he, now he's actually being forced to work for it, and right. he doesn't 
want that. It's easy to shine on the Lions. And this is also coming from somebody who was on this station, on this show two years ago when they signed him, saying- Kenny Galladay was? No. I'm talking about you. (laughs) That- Whoever's in the Giants organization, because they, they, they had that meme account that was saying that Kenny Galladay is lost in the Giants facility. And I literally said, and I quote, we need to follow him to the bathroom with a pen in the contract right now. Because that's how much potential he had for this team, and he hasn't done anything with it. He's sitting there on the practice practice team on the sidelines doing like drills off to the side, and you're watching Kadarius Toney put in full effort. Like 29, 30-year-old... Uh, Sterling Shepard, who, by the way, is I, I, I could check to the stats again on uh, the New York Giants' number one receiver right now in yards. And I mean, it's not that uh, it's not that hard to be better than Kenny well, Galladay. Yeah. But at, right now, at 29 but... or 30 years of age, Sterling Shepard is showing way more effort He's number than two Kenny Galladay. Yes, than Kenny Galladay. Yeah, it's Richie James. Who's right now. Pa- getting paid the most? Uh, uh, up top. You're getting outperformed by Richie James. That's that's impressive. By uh, it's by it's insane. And we were talking about, to, uh, uh, to literally two years ago, talking about how the Giants didn't really have a team except for their wide receiver room, and it could be one of the best wide receiver rooms in the class because you had Darius Slayton, who's pretty much a non-factor now. Um, realistically, the only reason why he's getting time is because uh, draft pick Wondell Robinson's hurt. So. Which I do hate to see. I do love yes. Rondell Robinson. Yes. I think he has a I lot. I would of love potential. to see two Kadarius. So I have I have a uh, I have a question for you, Mister um, Mister Callahan, because you're the Giants fan. Would you rather have Kenny Galladay or do you, or would you rather have Evan Ingram back? Evan Ingram back. As a receiver, Evan Ingram back. I don't care. I'd rather have you have you Hands show like butter, effort, baby. I have you show effort and drop a ball, than have you show zero effort and complain that you're here to play. You're not here to play. Probably you're here to get paid blocker. and walk out. That's what you're here for. He was, yeah, he wasn't a terrible blocker. He's probably a better blocker than God. Oh yeah, he's been doing fine in Jacksonville. My my thing is it's it's not even from a fan standpoint. Right now, you sit here and you tell me that you're there and you're getting paid to play and you're there to play when you're showing zero effort to play. You're not there to play. He cashed the he cashed the check and he doesn't really yeah, care about anything else. Let's be else. real right now. You're scared that they're going to bench you and or not pay you. Or obviously they're going well, to have can't to pay. He's, he's paid. He doesn't care. He's, he's not scared. He's trying to get the incentives out, and he's or he's trying to get another contract. He's not. No, he's already cashed the check. This you see this a couple. You see this not as often in the NFL. Specifically, you see this a lot in the NHL, where a player will get a massive paycheck and then just check out, not retire per se, but just never have the same season that they had before that massive contract. I mean, you also seen in the MLB. I mean, look, Bobby Bonilla. I mean, Bobby Bonilla. That's the. It's pretty <laughs> much the day mo- named after him. Man. I mean, the day named after him. Is still, that's pretty much the main thing you can think of. But I mean, look, it's Kenny. Got. I mean, I don't know what else to say. He's 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 checked out. It's not a thing where he wants incentives or he's scared. He wants another contract. He's got money set for life. He could really care less, and you don't like that kind of mindset. In the NFL, and I think that's what Brian Dable realizes, and that's why he's, you know, not just going to let Galladay walk all over him. I mean, he's the head coach. He's, you know, doing what he needs to do. And realistically, yeah, I mean, he's probably going to get benched. He's pretty much as good as benched. He's not doing anything. Giants fans team. will be hoping for that notification that Kenny Galladay is either benched or cut. Or I think they would prefer away. bench. If you trade if you away, can trade him away, be, then that is a master class. Because I can't think of a single team that would yeah. – Bringing a guy and obviously, being being two and zero, they're they're hoping for. They pretty much know that the coaching staff is is in the right hands, uh, or putting them in the right hands. Well, However, clearly. we're going to go into some teams who might not be in the right hands. The zero and two squads. Oh, we're ma- we're making calls. Yes, we are making. I mean, I pretty much made the transition from from that into making calls right now. But as we as we look in the landscape of. The NFL right now and the 0-2 teams that are outright. We have the Cincinnati Bengals, the the NFL Super Bowl runner-ups. We have the Tennessee Titans, the former number one seed in the AFC. We have the Las Vegas Raiders. Tough schedule, um, but 0-2 nonetheless. Um, the, the aforementioned Carolina Panthers, the Atlanta Falcons, and that's where our List rounds off. So I'm going to ask you, 
Number one, give me, and we're going to go down the line just so that it's quick and we could get yeah. to other topics. We're going to give you your, your best 0-2 team and who got the worst break and the worst 0-2 team that they're not going to come back. Well, okay, so I just want to say really quickly that we have a clip um, in one of our commercials, actually, where the fearless our fearless leader, Joe Callahan, said, and I quote, I think the Raiders just made a 180 and became the Chiefs. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> we crapped on you then for it. I'm going to crap on you again now because they're 0-2 <laughs> and they have looked, besides Devonta Adams, they have looked not good Even Devonta Adams? Even Devonta Adams besides week one. Two targets last week? Are you kidding Ridiculous. me? Ridiculous. Derek Carr does not look like a guy that was, the, Derek Carr does not look like a guy that was the most underrated quarterback of all time. But they're not even the team that's in the worst trouble right now. I mentioned it when we went over our ranking, or our predicted, our predictions for team's records this season the Cincinnati Bengals are 0-2 and like I said I didn't trust them I still thought they were, I thought they were going to take a huge step back and they have that old that revamped O-line is almost worse than the last one so you're getting receipts already you're getting receipts I'm getting receipts it's season. two weeks in baby give me my receipts two weeks it's in give me my receipts call that's I, crazy I want the call logs. I got my receipt on Joe for saying that the that the Chiefs or the new Chiefs are the Raiders I still think they can be they're 0-2, no. and they looked... What? Joe, they listen, listen, be. listen. What? Listen, what do the Chiefs and Raiders not have in common? A good coach. You bring in Josh McDaniels to replace Rick Bisaccia, who brought this team from a dumpster fire to a playoff team, and you get rid of him? It's bad karma. It is bad, bad karma. You pretty much sink the whole ship. You try to revamp this team. You bring in Chandler Jones and Devontae Adams, and guess what you're doing? Nothing right now. Look, I will, gi- I will give nothing. them a pass for week one because the Chargers are a very good team. But the Cardinals are without DeAndre Hopkins, and you still have Kyler Murray, who I'm pretty sure last weekend was a double XP weekend for Call of Duty. So he probably was not really paying attention to film like he <laughs> never does. And you still lost to a team without their number one receiver who— by the way, another receipt that I'm going to throw out here. Didn't you say that DeAndre Hopkins was winning Offensive Player of the Year with the suspension there, Mr. Callahan? <laughs> no, I said <laughs> Kyler Murray was. No, you said Kyler Murray was going to prove the haters wrong. You said DeAndre Hopkins was winning Offensive I, Player of the Year. I, and I then, said that Kyler Murray was uh, going to prove the haters I wrong. I said Kyler Murray was going to prove the haters wrong. And DeAndre Hopkins was going to help Kyler Murray. Oh, I'm sorry, you said an MVP player. season. Joe, said one MVP of these is a big hole and one is a little hole. Either way, you're still in the hole here. Listen. I mean, look, <laughs> look. All I'm gonna say is I still think the Bengals are in probably the worst. It spot. was also under a a hot takes thing in the first episode of the season. Yeah, so but I was there, trying there's, there's, to, okay, I was there's trying hot to takes fish. and then there's dot and there's hot I takes and there's fishing. jumping into a volcano. Then, yeah. <laughs> like there's right. hot takes, there's jumping right. into a volcano. Right. But the Bengals are by far the team that I think is in the worst. Position because you can maybe give the Raiders a little bit of slack because they're in a tough division and the Chargers are a tough team and the Cardinals, when everything is going right, are still not a terrible team. But the Bengals, man, you played Mitch Trubisky week one and you played Cooper Rush week two and you lost both games and your offensive line has looked absolutely terrible. Joe Burrow had five turnovers in week one and this is your guy that's supposed to be the savior of your franchise. I get it's one game, but it's not a good one. And this is a team that you're expecting to be good for, you know, the next several seasons after making a Super Bowl when no one wanted you to, and you go out and you make supposedly good moves, and now you look terrible? How are you last in the AFC North? That should be the Steelers' position. The Steelers should be last in the AFC North, not the Bengals. They look absolutely terrible. I think they got to be absolutely sweating because that offensive line just gets worse each week, and it's only two weeks in, but it's not looking good for the Bengals. I want to I be clear. With what I said previously, because Josh, going Josh, back to this, Josh, you said DeAndre Hopkins. We can find the clip. I will find no, no, the no, clip. That's not that's not what I'm being clear for. And I, I, I mean, what I the, what the I remember one? what I remember was I said that Kyler Murray was. I was also fishing, so it was it was a big break. I still think that they're going to have a great season. Anything? I don't think that that Kyler Murray is going to have that that apparently, <laughs> but. I want to be clear with with what I said about the Raiders because I do believe that the Raiders are in the best the case scenario of being oh, 0-2. No. The best case. Case. No, 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 no. Can out of the Sheets 0-2 please teams. go with his 0-2 out takes? Out of the 0-2 teams, not best ca- case scenario for <laughs> All right, them. tell me why. The, tell me why the reason why sad. I said that the Raiders did a 180 and became the Chiefs is because of the talent level that was on the team. Did I not say that it okay, was but because tell me they why. have a top okay, 10 QB tell me why a they're top in good shape. three tight end and a top three You have Derek Carr top 10? You don't? 
I have him like 11 or Derek, 12. Derek Carr is the top 10 QB in this league. He's not looking like it so far. I can agree right, that he's Joe, severely tell me why underrated. The execution, the execution level has You can't have there. two targets for the guy that you just traded for in Devontae Adams in week two. You should be 2-0 right now. Joe, if you're I'm taking the, the wheel. I'm taking the wheel. Tell me why the 0-2 Raiders are in a better shape than any other 0-2 team. Okay, I'll go down the list. Carolina doesn't have a coach. Neither does really the Raiders. As we okay, we but tell me about the Raiders. Wait, 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 tell me about the Raiders, not about the other teams. Tell me about the Raiders. What makes them what, better the than say? Well, yeah, because okay, I'm I'll going tell down. I'm going I'll, down. Right, they well, have look, the best look, look. talent out of all the other all right, teams. Well, I'll tell you what the Raiders. Having the best talent doesn't mean you're in the best case scenario. You have a terrible out head of, coach. Out of, the, out of the teams that are owned too, yeah, sure does. I'd rather. I'd rather. It's, it's the Bengals and the Raiders are fighting for it. All right. Well, listen. I'll tell you. The Bengals in a good position still. No. That's I'll tell I'm you. Saying. I'll tell you why At right now. Level, yes. Why Josh McDaniels is the captain of the Titanic right now? Because the AFC West has the Chiefs, the Chargers, and the Broncos. They're a terrible. Position, you still say. need to play the Chargers one more time, the Broncos twice, and the Chiefs. They have the Titans on Sunday. They've got the Broncos next, and Kansas City. This team could be zero and five. I don't think weeks. they lose. I, I don't think they Maybe lose to the Chiefs. I don't think they lose to the Broncos. I, they win I don't think they lose to the Broncos because Hacken because Hackenberg's really good. The out or the um, non-divisional games. You have the Rams, Steelers, Niners, Packers, Patriots. Oh, never mind. Just kidding. I'm looking at the wrong team. My this bad. team is done. This team is absolutely done because not only do you have to go and in order to give yourself a chance at the playoffs, you have to at least win a, a divisional game or two. I can't see a single game where they beat the Chargers again. Maybe the Broncos once. Maybe the Broncos once. That's where I could give them one win. Chiefs, they're getting swept. So, Joe, I do have one question. Because where do the you, wins come from? Because you said that the Raiders are, yes, they might have the most talent. But it's not just about talent. It's about your head coach. Who would you rather have as a head coach, Mike Vrabel or Josh McDaniels? Vrabel. Okay, so in that but sense, I don't, I why don't, are the Titans I don't like not a team? The talent level of the Titans at they all. They still have Derrick Henry. I uh, okay. Did Traylon that help? Burks is looking better. They lost better. to the freaking Giants week one. Okay, and the Raiders are zero and two. It's bad when Joe's like, "You lost to my team." Yeah, That's really, <laughs> of okay. course. But also, not only is it the like the Raiders are not in the best position just because they have great talent. They absolutely have some decent talent, but that's not showing out right now. And they're in the and what happens when it does? They're st- okay. That's fine if it happens. What happened? You think that the Chiefs and the Chargers are all are both going to fall off? No, the AFC? but I think the Broncos have shown you that they're falling off. I think they deserve until they to fire Hackenberg. Sure, yeah, until they fire their head coach. Yes, but my point still stands. I would much rather, I much rather trust a Tennessee Titans team that is in a terrible AFC South where the division leader is one and one, and it happens to be the Jacksonville Jaguars, and you have a team like the Indianapolis Colts who Matt Ryan clearly isn't the answer. Versus a team that is 0-2 to start the year, has a terrible schedule, has a very tough schedule ahead of them, and is in a division with two of the top three quarterbacks in the league right now in Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes. And you still have a team that has a good one in Russell Wilson. I don't know if Herbert is top three yet. You don't think Herbert's top three? It's, Ma- it's Mahomes. It's Mahomes, Allen, Herbert. Mahomes, and Rodgers. Rodgers over... Mm. You're putting Rodgers, uh, Herbert over Rodgers? I'm putting right Herbert now? over Rodgers, so, absolutely. Sheets, what, were your, what were your picks, your best and your worst? Uh, Raiders are toast. That's what I have right now. Who is your best? I'd probably say Bengals. Okay. Really? Yeah. I'll say Just because the AFC North okay, is wide open. I'll say this. On paper, it should be the Bengals. I agree. But right now, I'm not 100% sure. I'll go in a slightly different direction. I'll say the worst is the Tennessee Titans. The fact that you're 0-2, sorry, should have steamrolled the Giants, and you did until you forgot how to play in the second half. The Titans should or be kick a field goal. That, too. Look. You get blown out by the Bills, I don't care, because the Bills are the best team in football, and it's not even remotely close. If it, Agreed. You can't really blame Don't tell me I'm wrong. Thank you. Okay, just making sure. But, okay, look, if you— if you how he has to look at If me you beat the Giants, shirts. and then you get the doors blown off you by the Bills, no one cares. Now you're sitting at 0-2, and I believe— if they, I play the last time, so, they play the they Raiders last time. They play the Raiders, and I believe next. they're— they're at home and they're actually underdogs against the Raiders, mm-hmm. which is pretty pathetic. So I think they're in the worst. Well, spot. Ryan Tannehill is Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill is not it until they put Malik Wilson. That's not going to change. Derrick Henry's had a slower season. Traylon Burks, who I loved, I don't know how much of that he offense looked, he can carry. He's looked better. I don't love their defense. Tennessee's defense. I, that defense and is at really. The end fun. Of I mean, the granted, day, they're playing, they look played at the, the Bills, division but. you play in. Nobody won a game week one. But see, but by see, that by that logic, that makes me think that they're in a better spot than a team, me, only me because personally. their division is so bad, and that's why you I can kind of agree 
with Grant on the Bengals. I think in the long term future for the Bengals, they're in a really bad spot because their offensive division line is so good. The division can be good when Lamar Jackson is great, and if Deshaun Watson comes back, sure. Yeah, but for when, now, but for now, it's you're lo- it's looking really bad, Same especially. I'm just saying. Same with the South. It's, absolutely. It's Jacksonville, like like you mentioned before, has actually looked pretty decent. They're, they look the, like the best team in the division right now. They do. The Colts, oh, poor Chevy, man, because he had Matt Ryan and the Colts as an AFC championship contender, I, and they I'm just look I tell you guys, Matt Ryan is not an upgrade over but Carson Wentz. I'll say this. The best, I'm going to go a little off script, and I don't think they're actually the best team. I just want to say this. The Falcons. Give them at least some credit. Because they yeah. don't have the quarterback. They're not contending. Man, they don't have anything. They have nothing. But they lost the Saints by one point, and they led for the majority of that game. They, and they almost beat the Rams. They almost pulled their own 28-3 to on the Rams. Yes. Yeah. So at least they're half decent with what they yeah. have. At Arthur least, I think that's, I think that's fair. Impressive. They're at least Mariota's performing been a great to the level they should be at. Every other team on that list, the Raiders, the Bengals, <laughs> dropping down, they suck. At least the Falcons are where they should be. And that's got to make them the best of the best. At least they're where they – we're not expecting the Falcons to win, but at least they're right where they should be, blowing close games. At least they're consistent. Okay, but the th- until the Falcons finally either don't blow a close game, whether they were winning beforehand or were losing beforehand, they will never be a good team because that 28-3 curse will forever be on them. But we've been on this topic for a long time. We need to yeah, – we need to talk about Dallas next? We'll talk, Dallas or, I'll, I'll I'll talk are, about Dallas all Dallas night. Two, well, Dallas or Tua, because I think Tua's a good topic, too. Yeah, we can go quickly through Tua. You got like 10, 15 minutes to talk about both. All right, quickly through Tua. So, um, I'll hold it for you guys. Tua's performance last week, six touchdowns, well over 400 yards against the Ravens' defense. And, of course, all the critics have gone silent. Crickets. So if, if we want to go really quickly through this, I will say that I think it definitely plays to his advantage. But I don't think so. It's yes, enough. the the question here is that game enough for you to say that Tua is now a franchise quarterback? No, no, no. and that he can be no. Is that resounding no? No. no? no. Well, you know what? You know what? What if he is that p- game enough to to tell you that Tua could potentially hop along the ride and this Dolphins team could be a playoff team? Not yet. Only because. Okay. They play, our, as we've already mentioned, the clear number one team in the NFL right now in the Buffalo Bills this weekend. If he puts on even a half-decent performance, a little above average, and he makes it close, I, I, would, I would fully support Tua as the starting quarterback for the Dolphins. Nowhere near franchise, but serviceable enough for that he could easily lead that team to the playoffs. If he, has a, if he just throws an absolute goose egg this weekend, then I, I don't know because he clearly can't. He's, he would be... It'd be back to the inconsistency in the Tua noodle arm or the Tua turn the ball over. Tua turn the ball over. Great nickname, by the way. It rolls right off the tongue. But until I see what he does against the Bills this week in a very tough matchup. The Bills have his number, too. They've got mm-hmm. his number. They've got his number. That's the whole thing. Until, until, until he has a fantastic – and obviously Tyreek Hill has the Bills number as a – well, when he, he was with the Chiefs. So it'll, it'll be an interesting game, but Tua's got to be at 100%, and he's got to be – Absolutely on his A game. He has and to be perfect. Yeah. He has to be perfect. It's the Bills. You can't have any mistakes against if that team. If he's perfect, that still might not be enough. It might not be enough because but, they just But allowed, it would be able to prove that he can compete. You have least. to respect They him, just allowed a heck of an offensive performance to Lamar Jackson in that receiving core, which I'm not very high on. I like Rashad Bateman. I like Mark That Andrews. receiving core is really bad. That's about it. I mean, Devin Duvernay is a decent deep threat, but besides that, where are you getting your offense from? I mean, it didn't matter on Sunday. The Lamar Ravens Jackson went in. was pretty much yeah, all Lamar. It was, it was all Lamar. And that's, well, that's that's mm-hmm. the concerning part about the Dolphins. Where's but that yes, defense? But, yes, the Dolphins' defense. Now you're playing Josh Allen and the Bills, possibly the best offense in football right now. Not even possibly. They are they the are. best offense in football. What's going to happen? I mean, I think a Bills win, but Tua could definitely have a statement game against Buffalo. I don't think that they win, but he could definitely say, hey, I can hang with these guys. Yeah. I mean, that's really all there is to say. It's, you know. Yeah. Not this week, but after th- at, not last week, but after this week, we can see, you know, if he mm-hmm. if we actually believe that he can be yeah. one of those guys. I uh, yeah, I, I think right now it, it's kind of that, you know, trying to get used to defending Waddle and Tyreek at the same time. Which you can't, you can't. Yeah. It's can't. such a lethal wide receiver mm-hmm. core, and that's the thing. If Tua can actually hit his targets in stride, because there were 
yes, he still threw the six touchdowns, but he was still kind of under-throwing a decent amount of yeah. his deep balls in that game. I think a lot of it is going to turn. I mean, it is. He has 739 total passing yards, and if you look at the stats, 338 of them is yards after catch. So, I mean, I don't know how that usually breaks down in well, I mean, you know, normal both teams. Tyreek and Jalen Waddle are, you know, yeah, so explosive. So, and so, so, so my Waddle, thing is, Waddle I don't know how much of it is. I love Jalen Waddle. The Waddle, so much. Waddle yeah. is the best thing ever. The Waddle, I think yeah, he's the. Good. I think he. I That's love. Like I love when they drafted Victor him. Cruz salsa. Oh my God, Victor Cruz salsa is unmatched. I love yeah. when they drafted Jalen Waddle. I think he's an absolute stud. Like I've drafted him on fantasy every year. I mean, like Gasicki doing the gritty. That was terrible. That was terrible. Dolphins should lose every single game for the rest of the season because of that. I think. I think it'll turn into. I want to know how much of it is Tyreek Hill. And how much of it actually well, is to and Jalen Waddle? I don't think we'll ever know though, Tua. because Mike McDaniel's does such a good job True. of constructing that offense around the weapons and getting it in their hands. That that's I don't an, know. I don't think it's like, enough. I, I would to not claim. expect that from my from a Mike McDaniel's led team after letting um, Brian Flores go. I really would have. I really would have thought the Dolphins would take a here's, step back. Here's my personally. stance, and if you agree with it, we can move on to the Cowboys. I think that it's enough for Tua to keep his job for another year or two. But I don't think it's enough to coin him as a franchise quarterback yet in the eyes of everyone. Unless, yes, unless, the, unless the Dolphins win the Super Bowl this year, I can't see him yeah. as a because franchise quarterback. I th- yes, I would kind of agree. I'd say unless they go and they win like 12, 13 games a season somehow, that Tua is probably going to hold this offense back from their true potential just because he doesn't have the rocket arm that could be used in this offense with Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. So with that being said, I mean – He's done a great job of just getting it in the hands of the weapons and letting them go from there. But, I mean, this Dolphins team has such high potential. I'd like to see a little bit more. I mean, and there's yeah. plenty of deep ball threats they in this right upcoming home. draft class. Mm-hmm. I mean, CJ Stroud, Bryce Young. If you even want a late round, I mean, late round pick depends. I mean, Devin Leary from NC State can throw 75 yards. Of course, the NC State. Of course, the NC State. Yeah. He, he can throw a deep ball. All right, All right, since we only have a couple minutes left, we good to ball. move on to the Dallas conversation. Yes. So Jerry Jones the other day said uh, he would open a quarterback controversy if Cooper Rush came in. And I, I mean, I he would have to go like 6-0 and the rest of the way with Dak Prescott out. But he said that he would be open to having a quarterback controversy between Cooper Rush and Dak Prescott. Now, of course, Mike McCarthy came out and said yesterday that Dak Prescott is the quarterback upon his return, but you've got owner, longtime owner, versus coach on the hot seat. Who do we believe here? <laughs> it's just horrible. It's so. What do we, what do we this, think? This because this listen, franchise is so dysfunctional. Real man. quick before you guys talk, um, my whole train of thought on this is this is exactly the same situation that we saw a few years ago when Tony Romo got hurt mm-hmm. and Dak Prescott came out. And he came in and won some games, and all of a sudden he's the franchise quarterback. But to be this, fair, to, to be fair, Dak Prescott, I was very high on coming out of Mississippi State That's when he what did, I'm and saying. he looked phenomenal. Not, I, I don't Rush. think anybody was high this on Tony Cooper Romo Rush. after that point because I've got some friends back home yeah. that are uh, Dallas Cowboys fans, and they're like, Ew. "This is exactly what happened to, to Dak." You know, it's like Cooper Rush, if Rush man. goes six and zero, no, because the Cowboys could end up having a winning record by the time Rush is gone. But you know what that Dallas team uh, didn't have that this Dallas team does is a top three defense in football. And I know we talked about this on Twitter. We all said that Dallas wouldn't have a top three defense. I stand corrected. This Dallas defense is top three. There's no way around it. They shut down the Cincinnati Bengals. They looked very good against the Buccaneers, but the offense held them back. Now, with that being said, if Cooper Rush can come out with a winning record, say the Cowboys are like six and one by the time Dak is healthy, there's no way because they Dak play, they played the Rams has in like to three be your weeks. quarterback. You paid him money. They could go six and one and score seventeen to twenty three points a game and still win games because of how good that defense is. Now, are you going to settle with seventeen to twenty three point outings and then all of a sudden when you're in the playoffs and Cooper Rush is your starting quarterback? You're stuck in a in a high scoring affair with Tom Brady because he's got playoff Tom mode on. No, D- Cooper Rush. I've seen enough to know that he offers no higher ceiling than any other backup in football. He simply doesn't. He doesn't. I don't know what else there is to it. I don't even know why Jerry Jones would invite this as a potential situation. Dak Prescott is your franchise quarterback. You paid him. 
He was the heart and soul of the offense last year when things were going downhill between Zeke not being able to run the ball, the offensive line taking steps backwards. Dak Prescott was still there. Simple. That's all I have to say. Um, here's, you here's, you're missing it completely, though. Yeah. Go ahead, Joe. Yeah. I, I want to ask – I don't know if this is where Eric's going, but I want to ask the question because I think I, – I think I'm trying to take a step into th- – trying to know what Jerry Jones is trying to do. Oh, you poor child. Why would you want to do that? <laughs> yeah, I know. Is he saying this because Jerry Jones is Jerry Jones and he's trying to make Dak think that he's being slighted, i.e., I have something to prove, i.e., let me come in and Dak's prove been to proving you why everything. should be? All right, you're because- close. You're close. Let's you're hear close. it, Fancy. I'd like to hear it. All right, guys, come on. Now, what have the Dallas Cowboys done all year? Absolutely nothing, right? <laughs> Come on. I mean, they beat the lowly okay. Bengals. I got, I got, we probably, low, probably lowly Bengals. Bengals All right, no, continue. continue, they, continue. They've not been good. Everything is bigger in Dallas. Come on. They're the, I believe, the most expensive franchise right now. I believe. Yes. yes. And everything is always bigger. The spotlight is always on them. Stephen A can't get him out of his mouth and everything like that. Nobody cares about the Dallas Cowboys right now. Dak <laughs> Prescott's not there. Zeke does not look that great. The defense, which was supposed to be spectacular, has its moments, but isn't phenomenal. So he's trying to make news. Jerry Jones yeah. needs he's to talking make news. To talk, to talk about the Dallas Cowboys. That's what he is. It's Spot Jerry on. Jones, man. Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. We just got fooled. Yes. We just played the part. We're yes, talking we about did. it now. I'm just going to leave, This plan man. worked. Does this was phone booth. Ray got fooled by <laughs> this, Jerry This Jones. was Tom Radio's phone booth every Thursday. Does anybody in this room legitimately think Friday's that Dak Prescott is Friday not the starter? Yeah. No, everybody oh and their God. mother knows that Dak Prescott's <laughs> the starter. But Jerry Jones needs somebody to have the word Cowboys in their mouth every second of every day. So when the Lakers fans aren't watching the Cowboys, because you know they're one and the same. And they're not with, watching with Aaron watching, Jones watching fight the for Yankees, 61. You know, they need something to talk about. So he says, let me have a quarterback. No, there's no controversy, <laughs> but he needs them to be in the spotlight. This is the only reason why, because he needs to sell merch, needs to sell tickets, probably sell $15 Coors Lights. He's a genius. He's a genius. Because <laughs> the now, mastermind now and... you're sitting there going, this is so stupid, firing away a tweet. And guess what? Somebody just bought another jersey. He's a marketing genius. genius. Just a Cooper you, you, you essentially took my point. I was going to go the same thing that he's just he's talking. Round of applause to our guest. And Eric he's Fester a genius. Maker. He, 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 I was going to say, Eric Fessermaker, ESPN's new production I mean, oh he is—he is just talking the talk. I mean, that was yes. pretty much like obviously there's no quarterback controversy. You have to be mm-hmm. a complete idiot to think that Cooper Rush is anywhere near a starting quarterback in the NFL. And that's—I mean, Jerry Jones has always done this. I mean, he did it last year, did it the year before. He always talks the talk just to you know get whatever he wants to say. He's also like 107 years old, so he could just not <laughs> be—he t- could have forgotten to take his medicine that day. Or and that his applesauce. Well, no, they have to mush up his medicine into the applesauce. Yeah, 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 he probably yeah. forgot to uh, take it. Dog with peanut butter. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, he's old. He forgot his dementia. He forgot his dementia medication, and that's why Mike McCarthy had to come out and specify he that Dak Cooper Prescott was Troy Aikman for because, a But here's the thing: Mike McCarthy might actually be more in the hot seat now for not allowing the publicity to keep going. <laughs> Yeah. Or, or market Jer- sales or, went down 5% yeah. since or, you said that you're fired. You or mean? Jerry Jones might have told him to say that because now you have an owner and a head That's coach exact- butting heads exactly- and it sells more jerseys. Eric, Eric's a genius. It's all, like you said, it's all about money. Money talks. Listen, if we, if we see a little bit of a pay raise to Mike McCarthy, this proves it all. No, not just- that Mike McCarthy. Just look at the Cowboys' stock from the last like three, four days. It'll be skyrocketing. Wow. They have oh done nothing over the last, what, 25, 30 years? And yeah. they're the most expensive franchise. Why? Because <laughs> of stuff like this. Wow. Jerry Jones, man. Jesus. It's Jerry Jones fooling the media once again. Also, yep. I know you had this in the notes you need to talk about. Aaron Judge is not the most important conversation in baseball right now. It's got to be Albert Pujols, and we're not talking about him enough as yep. a Yankees fan. He's no, so right close to 700. Yes, he's so, right he's so close, and we are just... Over romanticizing the man from New York, Albert Pujols, better career, better longevity. I had to say that. Oh, I mean, I don't know. Aaron just kind of just started out. No, so I'm we just don't saying it's a career going. long thing. No, like, but he has a point. The entire <laughs> no, world, yeah, the no, entire it, world it of baseball, there hasn't been like a farewell tour, tour for him. There's he, been virtually he nothing. He was supposed yeah. to. Er, like, Albert Pujols was supposed to ride off into the sunset and be over with. And then all of a sudden he's like, let me, crank out, needs money. Let me crank out August and rip 500 home runs and push 700. 
like, and no, we're just gonna. <laughs> We're going to intentionally walk Aaron Judge now for the rest of his life. Yeah. I mean, it's a, without walking. It's a good thing. By the way, uh, Chevy just oh offered God. his spot on the show to you. <laughs> Chevy, Eric, if you don't want the job, and you took, took the Chevy the levy and Virginia Tech, I guess, was dry. Oh yesterday. my God! But no, yeah, you have yeah. you make a great point. I mean, we'll probably end on this. It's a really quick note. Albert Pruel should be the talk of the MLB right now. He's got what, maybe like 11, 12 games left in his. How many games do they have left in the season now? It's not that many. I not think, that I think many. It's two or three. Two. Yeah, he's got two games left in his career, now, and we're not talking about They'll play in the postseason, and I think they should win a series, I hope. Hopefully, but he but, needs to get the 700. I mean, I think he'll do it yeah. easily. They better pitch to him. This stuff where they're, like, throwing low on purpose to Aaron Judge is pathetic. Yeah, that actually is weak. Okay. But they need, to be really throw, they need to be throwing to him. Yeah. The, the amount of pressure, too, on those pitchers to throw in the Yankees' ballpark. Do you hear the, the crowds, too? They're like they're chanting, Every throw a strike. Every soul is on their feet. Booing Did is Did you see the loud. cameraman yesterday when he yeah, the deep pop-up and the cameraman's like 17 rows deep? And he needs to be, I'm not going to say he needs to be fired for that, but he needs to be fined. That was so terrible. Bad. That was a that was Hey, a he's pl- he's playing the part, man. He's he's the Jerry Jones of the cameraman world. He's making everyone uh Dude, it's all about, about it. money. It yep. is all about money. All right. Well, what a show. What a guest that we we've had today. I really wish we had more time to talk about your insistence on the Las Vegas we'll Raiders being a later. good team. We'll get to it later when they win on Sunday. Anyway, as as he's going to offer his spot Eric our guest play us out. We'll see you, or I guess they will, at 3.30, or at least them, every Friday. So make sure you guys tune in. We've got a great crew here in Chevy. When he comes back, we'll be a great placement. Guys, it's been an honor to be here. Joe, take some dementia medication. Gosh, dude. I, I, will, I will call Jerry Jones and see if he has extra. Well, I'm sure I'll send you to voicemail. <laughs> Thank you all for listening, and uh, we'll see you next Friday at 3.30. Thank you for listening.